How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to TRB. We are the podcast for Star Wars Newsnet. Thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday. We're almost at August, mm-hmm. just a few days away, which means Andor is coming soon. But we're not talking about Cassie and Andor today. We're talking about Princess Leia. And not just Princess Leia. We're doing a Kessel Run on the 12 best Princess Leia moments in Star Wars. Could that include something from Obi-Wan Kenobi? There's more Leia content. So we'll see what our picks are. And on the Kessel Run with me today, as always, Lacey and James. Lacey, what's going on? Oh, nothing. Just chilling. Yeah? (laughs) Ready to talk Star Wars. Right on. I feel like that's my answer every time you ask me this question. I want to ask you what's going on with Han and Luke back there. What are they doing back there? So those actually were sent by Lucasfilm a while ago, and I have them in my house. For what? Why'd you get those? Uh, It's a long story. Maybe another Uh, time. We have time. Maybe another time. But it's really cool. They're like the sideshow collectible ones that come with like the helmets and the weapons, all stuff from A New Hope. So if you won't tell us that story then how did maz get luke's lightsaber oh i have no idea didn't she like get it from someone else well how many stories for another time can there possibly be oh you're making a star wars joke oh star wars podcast topical got Uh, it james (laughs) do you uh, let's point out something from james's background and see if he's more forthcoming uh james i told you what wait hold on Roll it back. You asked, oh, no, what's the deal done. with those? You and done. I told you, and you then you were like, <laughs> you were like, no, I want every single detail about them. And I'm like, I want to no. know why you were sent something from Lucasfilm. That's such a uh, hot, expensive, high They were needed item. for a reference for something. All right, fine. Um, James, what's the deal with that X-Wing model that is on your fifth shelf down from the top uh that is bluefin oh okay got that from bluefin mm-hmm. and uh Our buddy justin yeah and uh they they sent that to me just as like uh hey you know thanks for doing some bluefin stuff and uh you know it's one of those things like i <laughs> was very excited about it when i said yeah that looks good you know, and then I arrived and I saw all the pieces and I thought, I have, you have to really be into modeling to put this thing together. I was like, this is hours and hours and hours of work. It was basically like, hey man, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know, send me, uh, send me the series of Game of Thrones. And then I get it. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is eight seasons. <laughs> I'm not watching this. So I've, I've left it up in the background for a while and, uh, Hopefully, you know, people see it, recognize it, and in this case now, note that we got it from Bluefin, Bluefin so go check them out. So, All John, right. what is the deal with that helmet back there? Yeah. What? What helmet? The shiny the one. one. directly behind you. Oh, there's two directly behind him. That helmet? That well, helmet, first of all, you're sitting in a dark room, helmet. so I can't see the black helmet. Yeah. I only see the shiny Mando helmet. So that's obviously Darth Vader. He's been on the show. How you doing? Uh, that is my Luke Skywalker X-Wing helmet that I got from a patron. And that 
is my Mandalorian helmet that I got from uh, one of our Star Wars Newsnet staff raffles. Nice. Not from Lucasfilm. So Lucasfilm, send me something, please. <laughs> I feel left out. Thank you. Um, okay, here we go. We have a good show. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, before we get into the Kessel Run, we got something else to get to, James. And what that be? I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. It's Will of the Force, John. Uh, it is back. I can't remember the last time we did it, probably last week, and I just forgot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if we could say it's back, baby, or not. However, we are going to do it. Uh, it is back. Um, here's the first uh, situation, not to steal your thing there. Situation. Um, yeah. Will Lucasfilm make any new announcements about Star Wars theatrical films? So nothing about previously announced, a.k.a. Uh, Taika Waititi's movie, stuff like that. Um, but will they make more announcements about Star Wars theatrical films at Celebration London next April? Lacey, you're going first on this one. What do you think? Yes, I believe they will. I think they've been, they <laughs> held off this time because they weren't ready, but I think they will. And John's making that face because he wants another pie bet. I think they will make some type of movie announcement by next April. By next April. All right, uh, John. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, they will. I think they will. Um, Why were you making that face? Then because he does that when he agrees. Actually, because he wants to bluff. Yeah, wants to play it. <clears throat> You're terrible at. Well, sometimes well, I do it, it worked on you because you thought he yeah, was definitely doing worked. the opposite. Yeah, she doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't confused um. again. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think not only will they announce more details on the future of movies, I think they're going to bring out the person that Kathleen Kennedy has been looking for to be the creative driver of the future of Star Wars theatrical films. I think that's going to be a big announcement. They're going to come out to the panel and be like, here's our person. We finally got him. 10 to 15 years. The future of Star Wars movies. Here you go. Uh, so I think we are going to get... I think we have to, too, because... This celebration is so close to the one we just left. You know, it's eight months away. Mm -hmm. We're going to celebration in eight months. We got to start planning. And I feel like my feet still hurt from Celebration Anaheim. No thanks to you, uh, New Balance. But uh, I think with the celebration that close, they can't just be like, well, you know, Mando's already airing. You know, we got Ahsoka coming. Like, they have to, they have to go big. They have to give us something. So I think they are finally going to, dip into the movies because the one thing I had a celebration Anaheim that was not embarrassing, but a little crazy for star Wars is that the only movie they talked about was a non star Wars movie, Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's it, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. So it's crazy. I think they will James. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with you guys on this one just for sheer hope. Uh, look at Cause us. part of me in, in my gut is saying like, <laughs> I don't know, man, what's on what's on the horizon, like Rogue Squadron, and they push that back. I feel like even a year later, they don't have much to go on right now. So maybe we hear more, uh, but that's not that far from now, and we're not hearing much out of anything in production. So the fact that they would be announcing more stuff, like, oh, cool, you're doing another movie. Can you please talk about Rogue Squadron? Can you please talk about Taika? Can you please talk about Kevin Feige? You know? Like, I don't know why you're making more announcements, but I'm going to go with you guys on the, the hope that they do. Um, I think that uh, that could be 
really good for Star Wars. John, that's a bold prediction though on the 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 person kind of thing. Kind of interested you know what's if good we about could... that, James. What? No one's gonna remember. <laughs> I I was just about to Who, say though. No, I wish we Danny could have a bigger will. discussion on on uh who that would be you know what i mean that that could be good like what what person what announcement isn't going to like tank disney's stock (laughs) immediately because it's like you're bringing in m night Shyamalan? i'm out i'm never (laughs) never touching it again you know he didn't do episode nine but just so you guys know we got him colin come on out yeah exactly everybody yeah (laughs) Hot off their fame. What do you think uh, would happen if they brought JJ out? I'll tell you right now what would happen with me. Well, that's what I'm saying is I think that would be an interesting discussion. Who who would actually move the needle up for the majority of people? We'll get into it some other time. John Favreau. I'm yeah, but he's already you know. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next question Uh, here. This is a (laughs) this is a patron submission uh, from General Christian Morales. Christian. saw our request for will the force questions and answered the call with this one he said will we see barris offery in the ahsoka series uh john you're going first on this one any thoughts on uh Maurice? man barris offy here's the thing i don't know was she one of the voices in episode nine was that confirmed no. at all she was not. Mm-mm. I would say definitely not, because the last time we saw her, she was bad. Well, <clears throat> I'm putting up quotation marks for podcast listeners, for audio <laughs> listeners. Yeah, bad relative at this time frame because she's kind of doing the good thing. I'm gonna say because of how loaded that show has to be with characters already. No, and I think there's gonna be something. Um, intimate with how Filoni treats the Force, and I think he wants it to be really focused on Ahsoka, Ezra, and obviously they got Anakin in the mix. If you start adding more Jedi or or whatever, uh, I think it starts getting a bit cluttered. And I I still think like, it could be wrong. I still think it's a one and done show. So I'm gonna say no on Barris Offie. Uh, Lacey. I'm going to say we won't as well for basically the same answer. It's it, There's so many characters at this point that we're trying to throw into this limited series, which still it's being called the limited series. Um, and you have to do the whole Ezra storyline. You have Sabine, you have Hera, you have all these characters. I mean, we've seen it done in The Mandalorian where they bring someone in every episode and it's like, oh, we're getting this person and then we're getting mm-hmm. this person. I just think, like John was saying, it. With this, I don't know why, to me, it feels like it has to have more of a focused storyline to accomplish what it wants to accomplish in this limited time frame. Because with The Mandalorian, at least you know there's multiple seasons. So you're like, oh, okay, they're not explaining this now, but hopefully they're going to explain this later. Um, So I'm going to say no, they will not. Or we won't see her. No. Um, I'm going to say no as well, but for for very different reasons and not, not to like... Uh... I don't know, pull down your thought process on this. Yeah, Christian's like, I don't understand. I know that this is a loose thread story. Like, we got this, and she was never, like, confirmed dead or anything, and she clearly wasn't part of Order 66 because she was, like, locked away. 
Uh, there's been questions of inquisitors and stuff, but like, I get that this is a loose thread, but the fact that she would be appearing in a series, like so far after, like we're talking 20, almost 30 years later, um, just because, you know, she had contact with Ahsoka, you know, at, at this time, I, I just feel like she's unrelated to Ahsoka. It's not like Baris and Ahsoka were like best friends for a very long time. They just kind of knew each other. And like, she was the person that was there when stuff happened. So it's like, I, I don't, I don't see them using the Ahsoka series as the big, like Baris story closer. Clearly their story, their story closing rebels and Baris doesn't even have anything to do with that. So I, I'm going out on a limb and I'm going to say she's kind of irrelevant here. Um, I think what we need to get is just a little bit more of a closure on her story in a more relevant time frame. We need to get that comic <clears throat> or that book that says what happened to that character so that we're not looking at every little thing like, do you think she'll show up in episode nine? You know, it's like, no, <laughs> she has no relevance, yeah. you know, um, but and, we, I get it. We all want it. Uh, it's kind of the one of those things. So. Um, let's go and ahead and not to yeah, go ahead. not to, yeah sorry i just thought about like it it would feel like a this is your life thing if we start going back through checking all the boxes sure. for ahsoka of unfinished business and i think what the business of the show is is what's ahead not to you know take a quote from maz Kanata, but it sounds like in the in their build-up and talking about the characters for sabine and ahsoka it sounds like it's all forward looking. Well, it's not. weird too because it's not even really Ahsoka's business. That's what I'm saying. It's like she happened to be the police yeah. officer on duty. Like, but the the story there is about Baris. Like, what happened to her on her path? Mm -hmm. But it just so happens she just like kind of collided with Ahsoka at the time. It's not really mm -hmm. like Ahsoka is like, yeah. you know, Baris was right. We really should have not locked her up or anything like that. It was, I don't know. But anyway, um, Let's move on to the next one here. Uh, will the Galactic Star Cruiser be around in five years? What a, what a crazy question. Uh, Lacey, you are going first on this one. Any chance that they get rid of this thing? Is that where we're going? Woof. Um, <laughs> I... So here's, here's my thought process. It depends on how much money they're losing. If they're bleeding money from this thing, then yes. Um, if not, they'll keep it around for a while just for the sake of pride. You know, if they're if they're breaking even. Um, from the sound of them doing focus groups and you know cruises or ships being empty for certain voyages and not packed. I would say they're probably losing money, but I my assumption would be no, or yes, it will be around in five years, um, but it probably won't be the same thing that it had started as. They'll probably cut costs, you know, or make it cheaper or mm. something. It won't look the same, but I think it will still be around. I think they've invested too much money to leave it as is or to just stop doing Dump it. Dump it, yeah. Abandon yeah. it and have a big public Especially because they've tied it to all this content now. Yeah. John, um, do you agree with Lacey or what are your thoughts? Uh, no, it, it will not be around in five years. I think 
and I, I look at it from this perspective. I'm not saying I want this thing to fail or anything like that, but how many people are going to revisit this thing? You know, you have people who can afford it, but can people who afford it, do they see the benefit of being like, I want to do that again? You know, And it's do those- tough to get an honest opinion because if you spent the money to go, obviously you're not going to say it's terrible because you spent the money to you go. You want to justify so your experience. So yeah, you're going to try to justify it. And then the people that have gone for free that got that experience from Disney, they're not going to tell you it's horrible because it's like they want to uh, go again. $5,000 Camtona drink on the cruise, you're going to be like, Someone bought that, but then they, I guess they did like a business expense for it. But then like, the oh. other case for that Camtono drink on the cruise ship is that you get tickets to Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. That's the $5,000. It's not necessarily the drink itself. <laughs> no, I know. But they're going to be like, it tastes so good. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I think this thing will be rebranded to like a standard space adventure hotel without the Star Wars branding and the cost that comes with that. And it'll be made a little more um, uh, less expensive. It's too uh, so tied, though. Oh, uh, well, I guess you don't walk into Star Wars Land or anything. They take you in a box truck. So. Yeah, and it, it, it it's like, if it's mentioned so in a ridiculous. book, it still exists in Star Wars or whatever. It just sure you can't go there now because you know it, it was too expensive or whatever. That's just my guess. If it stays around in five years and it's doing well, good. I'm just. That's just my my guess on what what might happen because when you look at that thing and I I know I've said this before it looks very easily convertible to a 2001 Space Odyssey or like anything space like not a lot of the aesthetic in that thing screams Star Wars to me that is fixed there. Yes, there's characters and all this other stuff, but the the look of the 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 compartments and the the rooms and stuff looks very generic in the sense where you can easily convert that thing to something else. And I, I think wonder that if they did that on purpose design, that they only added certain safe. elements that were Star Wars. Yeah. So mm. I, I think in five years that thing's going to be converted to a standard space adventure hotel for a lot less money. Um, I'm I'm more in agreement with with Lacey that okay, fair. If there's like some changes made, um, you know they. Uh, do it a little bit different. They theme it differently. Like, oh, it's on a different voyage. It's in a different time frame now or something kind of similar there, maybe change the price or whatever. But I think we're definitely in a gloom and doom era uh, right now of like when something gets announced and everybody's like colossal failure. You know what I mean? Galaxy's Edge, uh, Disney's biggest mistake ever. They're going to get rid of it. It, It's getting demolished next Tuesday, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, I just I I think um, we're kind of the same with Bob Chepik. You know, everybody's like uh, he's the worst person ever. And then the board like agrees to keep him around. It's like apparently they are OK with what he's doing. You know, that like they're that cool doesn't mean he's not the worst person. Yeah, ever. they those aren't two. Those aren't two separate things that don't the, mean they those can't, are rich well, executives saying we like that. He's giving us money. That's what they're right. The so the fans know, can but still not like his him. contract. Right. So he's sticking around. You can still that doesn't mean he's good, though. You know what I'm saying? Like people. I, I get that. But uh, but I, what I'm getting at is people saying like, oh, that guy's going to be out, you know, 
real soon they're gonna fire him you know or whatever and i'm oh, like yes that's fair yes the people that are like oh kathleen kennedy's out no that does yes no, same deal not. like oh yeah, like yeah. everybody everybody hates her so they're gonna get rid of her and i'm like i just don't i i think we're in gloom and doom era with something like the star cruiser because right now it seems like it's in a weird spot or whatever but i think long-term disney like, I don't know how often they announce, like, big projects like this, and then they go, yeah, and immediately, like, just get rid of it, like, within, like, a year or two. Um, I'm trying to think if Disney has ever done something like that where they've just kind of axed something. Like, they like they create a new land or, uh, like, a Toy Story hotel, and, like, they revamp the whole hotel within, like, five years. It's like, I don't think that's... I mean, I'm... Ignorance here. You know, maybe I should go ask my wife. She knows more about this stuff than I do. But like, I just don't, I don't see that happening with Disney. And I think right now, I see them making changes first. It's easier. Yeah, exactly. Easier to just kind of understand that they're going to adapt and and make it what it is because they want that thing to survive as long as they can. They have big money in it and probably to them. I mean, I know you're talking, you're, you're absolutely right about honest opinions, but it does feel to me that a lot of the people that have gone have even off the records been like, I loved it. I can't wait to go back. So it was like a different experience that they just can't get anywhere else. And it was worth the money. I don't know. Maybe all these people who aren't blinking at the cost are also thinking the same thing. You know, but what's, what's $5,000, what's $10,000 for me and the family to go uh, and then they just like love it and it's their new dream place they go. You know, I don't know. Um, but it's but you're right, as long as they're making money, they'll keep it around. So we'll see. Oh, we Do got one more here. Um I'm just gonna throw this out there. Yeah. Not many families have ten grand to throw around. No, but the people who do can keep it in business. Even if it's an empty ship, if there's one in there that pays, you know, fifty, I don't know, whatever. I guess. I'm not look, I'm not saying yeah. that Disney doesn't make tons of money because you see people staying in the expensive hotels everywhere i'm just saying if you have the choice between the polynesian and the star wars star cruiser you're probably going to pick the polynesian you know what i mean yeah i don't know unless they anyway unless they that's want a that. disney yeah chat. unless they want that's that like ex- exclusivity to be the thing that makes people go well anybody can stay in the polynesian but only, well and don't forget the cool kids can stay in the star wars one it's, it's two expensive. days yeah. yeah. So we're going to Disney and you're there for a week. You're like, all right, so we dropped six grand on that thing. Now we got to pay for the other five days. He's saying, though, the people that can't afford that will. Yeah, yeah I'm I saying know. I'm yeah. saying that they'd yeah. stay at the Polynesian they for better three. Keep going, stay then. The they better Star keep Cruiser for going. two. And then stay yeah. at, uh, um, I don't know, Grand Floridian or something like uh, the other the remaining trip or something. And anyway. look, I've had a ton of friends that actually have done the Star Cruiser and they said they enjoyed it. I don't think they're going to be going back, but they did it once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So we got one more here. It's another patron question. Uh, This one coming from Major PG Bushel. Uh, PJ Bushel. Sorry. J's and G's are hard sometimes. Sorry, PJ. Uh, They wanted to know, will the prophecy of the chosen one be mentioned in the acolyte? John, you're going first on this one. Are we getting it? Uh, No. No. I, I... I, I, the only reason why I don't think so is because I think that's a very special thing to George Lucas and the genesis of his story. Um, and I don't know if they, they want to go before the prequels 
with something that's so surrounded by Anakin Skywalker. So I think they'll stay stay away from talking about the Chosen One prophecy in that particular series. Now, I could be wrong, and if they do it, cool. That's not why I'm saying what I'm saying. Um, but I'm just, for that reason and how important it is to Anakin's story, which was George Lucas's saga, I, I don't know if they're going to start it there. Hmm. All right. Well, Lacey, what do you think? Um... Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with John. I guess this is a weird episode where I keep agreeing with him. I, it feels weird. feels wrong. feels good. feels right. <laughs> I feel like you guys disagreed on the last one. You said it'll stick around. He said no. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, I think that they will not mention, which by the way, PJ, this is a great question. I didn't even consider this, but I don't think they will mention the prophecy uh, in the acolyte. I think oftentimes these questions i'm like how would this work into the story and now we don't really know that much about the acolyte besides mm -hmm. that it's obviously a dark side leaning show and uh we know about the time period that's happening but we don't know the general synopsis of the show i don't know how this would fit into that um and then once again you're tying it back to the skywalkers and it's like how much tying back are we going to be doing this is a an era that we could go somewhere completely new with new characters I I think no. Um, <laughs> sorry, John's throwing me off by putting things in the show notes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, on this one, I I'm going to disagree with you guys, and I think they are going to mention it. Um, the connection here being that it seems like the acolyte is very Sith based. It's very dark side sure. based, uh, mm -hmm. which is another connection to the uh, Jedi. And I think that when we first heard about the Chosen One, it's kind of, it seems like it's a positive, like a Jedi side prophecy. Um, I've always thought it was kind of weird. The prophecy doesn't really make sense how people think what it means and stuff. And even Yoda at one point says a prophecy that may have been misread, you know? So I'm thinking if they go down that line line of thinking where like the prophecy may have been misread, maybe there's another group of people who are looking at the prophecy as being like, eventually there will be someone who will bring this balance to the force. And what that means is a dark side, uh, like coming to fruition kind of thing right now we feel very unbalanced and and one day that will be balanced in our favor uh in a in a very dark side uh sort of way so i think that it kind of does make sense and i think that that would be an easy connection to say hey guys we're getting ready to head into the phantom menace remember that movie and that makes sense to me um, mm. but that's going to wrap up will the force this week uh, John we're headed into our next section what are, you, what are we doing alright this week we are doing the Kessel Run you've never heard of the Millennium Falcon it's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs if you're new to the show uh, the Kessel Run is our list of 12 in honor of Han and the crew's Kessel Run in Solo uh, we pick a specific topic in Star Wars and put together our collective list of the 12 uh, to make up that list. This week, this time on the Kessel Run, we're doing the 12 best Princess Leia moments. Um, so we're going to go around, give our picks, talk about them a bit, and then we'll 
refresh you with a rundown of our list of 12. But of course, we want to know what your picks are. If there were some of ours, if there were ones we didn't mention, obviously there's so many great Leia moments that we're adding to each time new Star Wars comes out that she's in. Uh, and uh, so we're not, you can't get to them all. So let us know what all of your picks are as well. So uh, Lacey, you pitched this Kessel Run. So we're going to start with you and go with your first pick for one of the best Princess Leia moments in Star Wars. Yeah, so I pitched this because obviously Leia is one of my favorite characters, and anytime I get to talk about her, it is a wonderful day. So I'm kicking this off actually not with Carrie Fisher's Leia, but with Vivian uh, Lyra Blair's Leia from Obi-Wan Kenobi. I thought she did an amazing job, and I was the, one of the people at the beginning that was like, she's kind of annoying. Uh, I really, really, really liked her take on Leia, and this was my one of my favorites. I had a couple, so it was hard to choose. Um, but I think that this moment was just pure Leia. And it was the moment in episode one where she's telling off her cousin and she's like reading his mind and sensing his feelings and kind of being like, it It drew me back to the Ray moment in TFA where she's telling Kylo how he feels scared and you won't measure up to Darth Vader. Um, so it's like these inklings that Leia is force sensitive because I think as a Star Wars fan that grew up with the original trilogy, there was a lot of like, oh, Luke and Leia are brother and sister, but she's not force sensitive. Why is she not force sensitive? And then you kind of get feelings that she is by uh, Return of the Jedi with like her feelings and perceptions of Padme, her mother. And you get it in Empire Strikes Back when she feels Luke, but I... I don't know. I just I really wanted her to use the force more in the original trilogy growing up because I wanted to see her with a lightsaber and stuff. And obviously we didn't see that until later. But uh, this moment in knowing that she has that kind of it's a feeling which we keep getting in this Disney era Star Wars like it's it's a feeling it's a it's a part of who you are. Um, and then her using it in the layaway of just like burning someone is just like so perfect. <laughs> um, and it's definitely something that I would do if I was Leia and or had her power. So that is my first pick. Yeah, that that's a good one. And I'm glad that we picked something from uh, from that show. I mean, we may have more. Who knows? But because uh, James hit his answers again, guys. We we yeah. back to the normal crew. <laughs> Well, there's two in there, I see, but yeah. Um, so <laughs> I saw a, re a really, you know, I'm not the hugest meme person, but I saw this funny meme of it, it, it was like young Leia and that uh, that jerk cousin, and you know, it, it says like that he's from Dantooine, and then it flashes to her in a New Hope telling Vader that uh, the rebel base is on Dantooine. <laughs> 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 um, no, that's that's a good pick because it it did show to, sort of show. Leia's, um, you know, her self-respect, which is a big deal. Not holding um, back. Yeah, speaking your mind. Yeah. And, and be, you know, being an adopted kid has to be a really difficult thing. And, to, to, you know, the way he was like treating her and talking to her, like most kids would just break down or run to their parents and she stood her ground. So it shows that she had the inherent ability to, one, be a tough person, uh, but uh, also have what it takes to deal with. Um, a lot of antagonists and, and that sort of thing. So really, that's a good pick. Um, and she, I'm glad that uh, you came around on 
uh, Vivian. It was mostly just the running scene. And I know I say that a lot, but it mm-hmm. was just that running scene was really, really nuts. Like she ran yeah. really slow. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just seemed, it was too much. It was too long. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. So my first pick, I'm really not sure which one I'm going to go with because I didn't uh, rank mine. But I think I'm going to start with Leia in the um, Bausch disguise the, uh, when she was the bounty hunter. Is it Bausch um, or Boosh? Bausch or Boosh? Well, it's like it's like Han or Han, you I, know, like yeah, Luke or Lucky. I'm right. Exactly. No, I think I <laughs> Lando or Lando. I think it. I don't know that I've heard it. Bausch. So I'm kind of with Lacey that I think Boosh is what I'm more familiar with. But I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, either way. Either way. Uh, she dresses as a bounty hunter, and she, it's all part of the plan. And she goes toe to toe with uh, one of the more vile gangsters in the galaxy, and 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 again, you know, calls his bluff. And she's got the thermal detonator and the whole negotiation process, all the way through to her rescuing Han uh, when everyone's passed out drunk in Jabba's uh, living room. And uh, eventually, obviously, revealing that it is Leia as the you know the first surprise reveal of Return of the Jedi um, that a lot of us gloss over. We're like, oh, we watch it. We're like, oh, that's Leia. But I'm sure when you know when theaters first happened, not everyone put two and two together. That yeah, oh, they, I bet that's Leia in disguise, yeah, right? Right. So uh, <laughs> I, I just think that's a cool moment for Leia because she didn't get to do a lot of that type of stuff. Um, so. Uh, I dug that scene in Return of the Jedi. Leia I dig it more knowing Boucher that Bausch they County. took the solo mouth detonator scene in Solo is a callback to that specifically. And then they said that, I think Kasdan, John Kasdan's the one that said it. They then said, hey, Leia got that idea from Han. And that's because Han told her the rock story. Mm-hmm. And that's why she does that. Except she actually has a detonator. While they were on their honeymoon at the Galactic Star Cruiser, he told her that story. <laughs> I'm actually um, being serious, but I do no, think I, it was I, on yeah, the Star I believe Cruiser. you. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, all right. James? Yeah. I mean, by the way, great pick on that one. I love, uh, I love those pick. characters in the sense that like, I still, in a way, do sort of separate those characters. Like When that character comes in, I somewhat compartmentalize that it's not Leia. It's this other character who's very bold and in the face. It's this other bounty hunter. And it almost doesn't become Leia until later that night when that character sneaks in. And I go, oh, well, the reason that character is sneaking in is because it's Leia. But it's almost weird to see that. It's almost weird to think, assuming Jabba wouldn't recognize her, what that would have been like if she came in just maskless and was like, saying the same lines like because mm-hmm. i'm holding a thermal detonator and stuff I, I just it would play so differently because you're because mm-hmm. you're supposed to know leia and she does not act like leia in that scene i mean she does in a, in a in one sense but i think that's why the reveal is a little bit more astounding is because she's revealed as the beautiful woman character that you've recognized from the other movies um and yeah. not so much like the ruthless bounty hunter you were presented with a few moments ago so Star right. Wars loves a good helmet reveal. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to go with one that uh, Lacey sort of mentioned earlier. She kind of um, teased it a little bit unknowingly. I'm going to go with the scene in Empire Strikes Back 
when uh, Luke is hanging from the cl- from Cloud City from the antenna, and he calls out to Leia, and she says, "We have to go back." Um, Good choice. I think that this scene means a lot. Obviously, more now that we know she ended up becoming uh, Jedi and and uh, getting into her abilities more, but it's one of those things that. Um, I don't know, just plays so differently now than I think what we used to think about when we saw that scene. Because now watching it, it's like it's so surprising that Luke is dangling in his worst moment ever. And he he's like, Ben, Ben, and Ben's not answering. And he goes to Leia next. Like, it's 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 surprising. They have such a good connection. But why? Why go to Leia? And it's like, it's so powerful that he calls out to her that's the name that is drawn to him and then to show her and the fact that she hears it recognizes it and despite all the odds of everything that Orlando is saying behind her um but if we go back they're gonna you know do this and the troopers and it doesn't make any sense you know Chewie has to be like shut up we're we're doing what Leia says she's in command here um, and he's like, all right, all right, we'll go, you know, kind of thing. But watch that push in of her face and just knowing oh. that she's hearing the voice of Luke yeah. and that Luke is reaching out to her. It's so powerful. And the it force really hits like like to me in Empire Strikes Back, like probably one of her pivotal moments is that I love you. I know. And Han steals the scene from her that to this to me is the scene in Empire Strikes Back that elevates her in my eyes as like um still a big player in these movies um there's a there's good scenes in empire strikes back but i just remember thinking this force connection it was a big deal so that's that's why it's going to be my first pick great pick uh i any scenes with leia and luke i feel like after everything we've learned since the movies have come out and We've seen them when we were younger just means so much more now that we know their brother and sister and what they've been through and what they eventually go through. Um, so it's that's just like a really great heroic moment for Leia. And real quick, just something that is interesting from the perspective of filmmaking. You know, uh, the story is what the story is now. We watch it from that true perspective. But, you know, when they were making that film, it was written and told from the angle of a love triangle. So if you look at it from that perspective, because Leia wasn't written as Luke's sister until the first or second draft of Return of the Jedi. Sure, sure. If you if you look at it from that perspective, she has that big moment with Han where she reveals to him, I love you. And Luke doesn't know that. And he's like st- trying to connect with her. And then she connects with him. The audience at that time is probably like, oh, what's going on here? Because then in the very last shot, he has his arm around her. It's probably one of those well, like, oh my gosh. Too. Yeah, she yeah, she yeah, right. And she just told Han that. So audiences are probably like, holy cow, like what's going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I just like to go back and try to think of what people thought when they first saw it, that's all. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of Leia connecting with people, uh, my next pick is from Return of the Jedi, and it's the introduction of Wicket and the inter- uh, interactions between her and Warwick Davis and just like that whole kind of sequence of like she's everyone thinks she's dead and here she is in this teddy bear kind of like waddles up 
and he doesn't know what to think and she offers him a cracker and like <laughs> the music is perfect from john williams like that little flute noise mm-hmm. um and just the mannerisms between warwick davis who's kind of like unsure and then her being very like quiet and like but comforting and loving which we get a glimpse of that i think in an, in a new hope when ben kenobi dies she comforts luke and she's like it'll be okay that kind of feeling from her but then you don't really see that comfort until return of the jedi with wicket when it's like this little kid teddy bear um so it's nice to see that side of leia while also um it's just really funny. It makes me laugh. Like the whole sequence of like her interacting with the character because I feel like that's how I would have interacted with that same character being like, it's okay, it's all right. And then they hold hands and walk off together. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, It's just a good is, feeling scene. It, yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, it's a, a part of Star Wars that sometimes gets overlooked is like the the cuteness or the charm or the just oh, the I fun. Love it fun-loving humor aspects of it and if anyone who has kids or even pets they know like the the secret to 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 winning trust or winning them over in a moment is food and like i can hear like, that and she's like it's a hat see and he's like all right all right she's like here you want a snack he's like all right and he sits on the log next to her he's like okay and he's like <laughs> shaking his feet around and stuff so it, it is a really fun moment it's a scene that always puts a smile on my face so it's a good pick so it's funny because john was making jokes in the notes and puts wicked gives Le- or leg is wicked cracker and i was like well it's technically my pick but okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you 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 uh did a wider net on that and sure. uh, talked about the grander scene um all right, my next pick is uh, Somebody Has to Save Our Skins. One of the, the first moments we get to see Leia really doing work. And uh, it's the, the famous prison escape scene in A New Hope. And the, the fellows are kind of bumbling around a bit. And, and you got Han putting the blame on Luke saying he's the brains. And Luke's like way in over his head, isn't sure what to do. They're trapped. They're cornered. Uh, Chewie's uh, uh, not, just not sure what to do either. He's trying to follow their lead. And she just like takes a shot and she's blast through and, and, and just like, go down here. We'll figure that out later. This was and, on my uh, list. And I was like, I'm going to take it off my list because I feel like this is a John pick. <laughs> I, well, well, why it, is that? Why is that? It was my first thought this too. Yeah. And then I, I was surprised that it wasn't on Lacey's list. So I was like, oh, I might actually pick that up. But then John dropped his and I was like, All right, I did uh, into the garbage chute flyboy. Yeah. And I was it's like, you know like, what? This is a d- very John scene. He loves when scenes she, like this. When, when that when that moment arrives where she goes like sort of Rambo and she's like against the wall, but then turns down and the corner like, and starts firing. And Carrie Fisher's like blaster face is the funniest because yes. it's like all awkward and stuff. And she just goes, somebody has to save our skins. It's like very like 1930s cinema. I just I just think that the whole thing is great. And then she just uh, like you're just like whoa this is who this person is that's that's pretty wild because most stories where we go see someone rescue a princess they're usually holding hoisting her in a fireman's carry and she's like no 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 give me that thing let's go mm-hmm. uh so people I, compare I us a lot the three of us to han leia and luke mm-hmm. that is a scene that like in my head i'd be like yes that's accurate <laughs> <laughs> that represents us that is accurate 100 percent fair all right that's fair james is just standing there and john's like who why are we with here like here with her why like how do we put her back in in there yeah 
I kid. Um, uh, James. Um, yeah, awesome pick. Like I said, it was on my list as well. Um, and I, it was kind of one of those things where like, if this was tiered, that was one that I thought like, oh, come on, that's gotta be top three, you know, of like, uh, (laughs) picks that people would probably uh, go with, um, right away. Um, I am going to, I'm going to stick with the new hope actually. Uh, I'm going to go with the scene, probably a very quotable, um, line from her is uh you know can 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 we get this walking carpet out of my way (laughs) kind of thing you know (laughs) nice um yeah can someone get this big walking carpet out of my way uh i i think uh this is one of those scenes that just seems uh iconic for leia even if you saw the movie once uh, you kind of walk away with that with that line of that memory of um, how she insults. It's very similar to what we just talked about. You know what I mean? Like taking charge, uh, not meeting the qualities of a princess and, and kind of redefining what um, a person like this in their status, uh, not only in like the galactic canon of Star Wars, but also just in the sense of like what she could do for women in movies. You know, everybody was just kind of like, wow, like she's just, she's talking like the guys are talking. Um, I expect lines like that out of these other characters. And she really took the reins and um, had no regard for a character uh, like Chewbacca, who (laughs) it's not his choice to have that much hair. You know what I mean? That's like a, it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's like being tall or short. You don't really have a choice in that matter. So, you know what I mean? He's a Wookiee. He's got all this hair and, She's she's going after it. Doesn't matter. Um, that's why uh, I'm gonna put that up there as one of the top Leia moments. Uh, right there. <laughs> what do you think? That's a that's a great choice because I think Leia, one of her best qualities, and the reason I was immediately drawn to the character was her ability to be so outspoken and and nothing. She held nothing back. Mm-hmm. Exactly what she was thinking when she was thinking it. And maybe was not as calculated as she should be at that time. She was very just like reactive and spoke her mind. And I loved that about her because oftentimes when I was younger, I'd watch movies and, you know, the the princess needed to be saved or the woman needed to be saved by the guy or was following the plans of the guys, wasn't stepping in to do what needed to be done to, you know, save the day. And here's an uh, example of a woman that just basically was like, look, if you're not going to figure this out, I'm going to figure this out on my own. I don't need you to be here. I would have figured this out eventually type thing. Um, but it is really funny that she calls him walking carpet. <laughs> she just has the best insults, which I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll get to throughout this list of just like very, very calling. Yeah. And how aggressive yeah. she can be towards And it's coming characters. from a princess, which is what's the funniest thing to And me. Han's like, she just insulted my best friend. She was like, what? No more words. And she had just insulted Han by two seconds before that, too. He's like, what is this? Yeah. It's not a roast. Uh, good pick. <laughs> Love it. All right. Speaking of roasts, uh, this is working out very well. My next pick is from The Last Jedi. Uh, it is an older uh, Leia moment, but... Uh, this honestly is my, I think, my favorite sequel trilogy Leia moment. Um, it is 
funny and witty and everything that Leia is, but also everything that Carrie Fisher is as a person. And being that this was her last movie, it has always stuck with me since I saw it that I was like, this is such a good moment. And it's when she's arguing with Poe Dameron and she says, get your head out of your cockpit. Because not only is it such a funny line and it's so well delivered and it's hilarious and it's on point, uh, she wrote this line. So uh-huh. she worked a lot with Ryan Johnson throughout The Last Jedi to rewrite her parts or other characters to help him through the process. Um, and she really enjoyed writing and she had done a lot of doctoring of, of scripts and like helping different types of creatives and filmmakers to punch up their work. Um, so this is just an example of like she knew Princess Leia through and through. She was Princess Leia. And that's why I just I love this moment so much. And it is my next pick. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot to be said about TLJ and how dark it is and how brooding it is and how uh, sad it is and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but when you get a moment like this from Leia, considering everything she goes through in that movie, including surviving death, and you get a classic vintage Leia burn, that's, that's, that, that's, that's the good stuff. And uh, I love that it happened with Poe because she sort of looks at him sort of like a son in a sense. Um, and he's very Han son, Solo-ish, so yeah. Yeah, so, so she, he's almost like her adopted son in a sense. Um, and I liked the relationship between Oscar and Carrie that we saw off screen, they hung out a lot. And he, the slapping really... is still so crazy. The, the and he hit her, she hit him like 20 times or something <laughs> like that. They did it. So that, that whole thing and him talking about it, like everything about the, this scene and this moment from behind the scenes to filming it to it, it actual final product on screen is great. Um, and vintage mm-hmm. Leia. So I'm glad you picked something uh, from that movie because I bet a lot of people wouldn't think to pick a a TLJ moment. Maybe they'd pick the Leia Poppins thing or something, but I like dialogue-driven Leia, especially... I like that Carrie wrote it. That's my favorite part. That's great. You can't get better than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so excellent pick. I don't know if James had anything to to add to that, but... No. Next up, I'm going with sequel trilogy also. Um, I'm going to go with when Leia... uh, dies actually and and when she says her final word which is her son's name ben uh after connecting with him through the force and using the rest of her life force to do to make that happen to save ray but at the same time to save her son and i i really i know a lot of people have issue with this movie Uh, one thing i haven't heard many people say is how they were able to handle leia and the fact that she was dead and they brought her back and people almost forget that is a real with the help uh, of the family that's the other thing that's really yeah. really important i know to yeah. me was that the family agreed todd fisher the and billy lord and everything and yeah. billy lord played her in the movie yeah yeah um but but that that moment where she feels that something bad's about to happen and she just kind of goes off and she knows that it's time and that she doesn't have much left and everything she has left to give is going to happen here to save not only ray but of course her son um, and then he has the final push via the memory of his father to put himself over the top back to the light. But just it's haunting because it's a it's an echoing whisper and it's her last line in the entire saga. 
and he turns around and and she she just saves everything in that moment and the fact that Leia was able to save the galaxy, save her son by using the force is pretty damn cool in my opinion. Yeah. Um every time we talk about some of these movies that I haven't seen in a while, like especially the ones that like get kind of panned by a lot of people, like The Rise of Skywalker for instance, when they get brought up on the show, I'm like, man, how good was that? You know, I like, I cannot <laughs> wait to go back and like revisit that at some point. I don't watch the movies as much as I should, but when we do Kessel runs like this, when we point out all these great scenes and moments <laughs> and stuff, I'm like, it's just a good reminder that like how awesome star Wars is. But this moment in particular too, like you're exactly right, John. Like I think people kind of overlook the fact, well, I think there's kind of two parties. There's a little bit of a, a party that says like, Oh, what, you know, dead, dead Carrie Fisher. They brought her back, you know, whatever they did for that thing. I wonder if that's how they'll handle this other character in this other movie or something. There's kind of mm-hmm. that. And there's a little bit of recognition that, that that's how they went with that. But I remember us going into the last or uh, into the rise of Skywalker. And we were like, it can only be like one of five ways to do it. And this is the best way that you possibly can do it. And that's the way they went with. And it's like, it makes the most sense that they would do that. Um, and I, they, they did it very, very, very well, you know, because I think you're right. I think for the the most part, the majority of people look at these scenes and these moments and go, it's hard to believe that she didn't shoot that scene, you know, Mm -hmm. it was from something else entirely, um, where she was acting on something else and they just kind of like figured out a way to make it work. Um, very powerful scene. Um, it's funny too, though, that we're mentioning, um, some of these other movies that uh, kind of get panned. I'm, I am going to go back to the last Jedi, John, and I'm going to take that moment that you were talking about where oh, sorry, she saves dude. her life. No, I was, I was like, this is, that's kind of me just not giving the warning or whatever, but you're right <laughs> that you said there's, there's maybe one other moment in the last Jedi that stands out specifically. And I, I'm like, yeah, that's the one for me. Um, her just like we saw the return of jet the return of or return of the jedi we saw the empire strikes back what i talked about earlier she very clearly had some sort of recognition of force abilities but in almost a way at the time we could see that as maybe it was like luke putting something out and sending her a message that she's receiving and she doesn't even know why or how she's receiving it um when she doesn't have any abilities but Last Jedi, I mean, completely flipped the script on Leia and told us that she was way more powerful than the Force. And that moment, while it doesn't necessarily land for everybody, absolutely landed for me, man. I, I remember coming out of The Last Jedi going, uh, here's a question mark. I don't know. I don't know how everybody else is feeling, but the best Star Wars movie ever like that. I remember saying that to somebody Um Obviously got very controversial, but to me, watching that scene of Leia, I was just like, everything's changed, you know? Like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do now? Um, her saving herself, her showing that she has the the ability to use the Force to that degree, um, really flipped the script on Star Wars for me. And that's, it's it's all her, it's all her character. I, I just, I love it. It's like in this like kind of precious category for me of... Um, moments that I'll never forget in theater when when everything changed. That is a really good moment. I um 
I remember people being really confused in the movie theater when it happened. Like, people were like, what? Because at first, I thought she was dead. I thought that's how they were doing it. I was like, "They're this is how they're murdering her. And there was this shock of like, oh, my God, she's dead. I don't know if you guys remember that. It's because they ever, show the her exploding, and then they cut away to an entirely different scene for a while. Well, not even that. I went into the movie being like, well, Han's dead. Yeah. So Leia's got to die at some yep. point. Um, obviously not knowing what was eventually going to happen, unfortunately, but the character had to die. Um, and I was just like, I don't know when that happened. I was like, oh my God, this is how she dies. And then I realized, no, that's just how Akbar dies. And it hurt a little bit. (laughs) And (laughs) I was just like, no, she's okay. And it was super cool. And the way she goes through Snoke's ship and the hologram is like, you know, foreshadowing to later. Um, it's not a hundred percent for me, but it's a really cool moment and it, and it's never been seen before. And I have to appreciate that they gave Leia her moment. And I, and I really enjoy that. I think there's um, another world where they, they possibly could have done this a little bit better in the sense that like, maybe she moves a little bit more, you know, or like pulls something close. You know, it looks, I think people have issue with it, especially because she stands still the whole time. And it almost it's looks like much the ship's coming to standing. her or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I well, get also, that. Also, she, she died the year before the movie came out. And I remember there was a lot of speculation. We may have done it on the podcast, but a lot of people talking about, like, are they going to kill Leia off and TLJ? Did they change be the movie? For... Yeah, remember that? Yeah. And and Ryan Johnson's like, no, I want her full she performance. She was Reva before yeah. Reva. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's a great pick, it? Lacey. That was my pick. Or that James. was James. That was great. Yeah, great pick, James. Lacey, uh, you are up with your last pick. My last pick is another moment where Leia kind of saves herself, and it is when Leia kills Jabba, Jabba the Hutt, in oh. Return of the Jedi. I... <laughs> sorry, I did not try to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I grew up watching the original trilogy. Return of the Jedi was my favorite. And the whole Jabba scene, you guys know, is my favorite part of the whole, I would say, all of Star Wars, that whole sequence. So when she showed up in that bikini, when I was little, I thought she looked beautiful. I was like, she looks amazing. She looks beautiful. But the thing was, obviously, she's on like some type of chain or leash. And you're like, oh, God, she's in trouble. But when she sees Luke's plan in motion and she sees him kind of saving the day, the fact that the lights cut and she's like, okay, this is my chance, and then wraps the same chain that's around her neck to then strangle Jabba the Hutt is so insanely epic that, like, it was just so jarring compared to the character we had seen the two two seasons. Oh, my God, I'm in TV mode. The two (laughs) movies prior where she was obviously tough and quick and witty and... But she was very much a government person. Like, she was very much, like, in the war room. She wasn't in the field. Um, So I loved that Return of the Jedi in general, you see Leia out and about in the battlefield. And this is a really good example of, like, her jumping and doing what needs to be done to save herself and to get to her friends to save everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just perfect. I love that whole scene. And I remember being like, I I wanted to know what it felt like to like wrestle with that puppet growing up. <laughs> yeah, she probably had you know, to walk like over d- people. There's dudes yeah. in there like, 
Oh, yeah. Well, one of them has said that she like st- stood on them with her heel and it like hurt them. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's perfect. That's funny. Yeah. I did. So this scene uh, was George Lucas made this scene specifically as a tribute to his friend, Francis Ford Coppola's godfather, because it's almost like a mirrored copy of Luca Brasi's being strangled in the Godfather. I've never seen the Godfather, so uh, I appreciate. Sorry, Sorry. <laughs> I appreciate but, the callback, and that totally makes sense because they're like buddies. He's yeah, he's like ah, ah, ah you know. <laughs> but it it it's a power Leia moment for sure, and it's uh it's badass. It's so cool, and there's so much going on in that whole scene that the fact that they're able to. Get, give her and everyone their moments and she takes out you know yeah. the, the biggest gangster around with by strangling him no less it wasn't even like a quick blaster thing she's like no, no I'm choking they, you out they go back That's, and forth and the best thing too is when yeah. you see behind the scenes stuff with Carrie Fisher where she's talking about Jabba and she's like there's nothing to him like he's just a bad guy like he's just a terrible terrible <laughs> right. character no redemption for java yeah and you just you love hearing that because you're like yes he died a terrible struggly way and you see like his tail way oh god so good um but yeah it's just perfect especially because he put her in such a humiliating outfit which again little lacy didn't think it was humiliating because mm-hmm. she looked great but it is humiliating now that i'm older and he put her like he had her like basically displayed for everybody she was like part of his collection his slave or whatever but the fact that she was able to take that power back in such like a very intense way made it worth everything else that happened prior Mm -hmm. yeah i i i like that that scene too bleeds into like the bigger canon of like so leia is the one who kills Jabba the Hutt. Like he's been right. this big canonical uh galactic untouchable. player, untouchable. Yeah, and she's the one that got that high. And you know, they kind of touch on that in the the book Bloodline where she meets up with that person and he has this like blackmail video of like a surveillance video of her mm. killing Jabba the Hutt and he goes, "If this gets released, if I, you know, if I show this to people, <laughs> your head is is gone you know what i mean people are going to come after you um and the fact that you are the hut slayer is like a big deal and it, i don't know it's, yeah. it's a it's a pretty pivotal moment in the galactic thing and like it's not like she takes pride for it necessarily she's just doing her job but yeah. then all the women that have he's killed it's like nice that a, a woman took back that yeah yeah situation yeah. And let's not forget, you know, there might have been part of that, at least in my head canon, that she's doing that for Han, too, because everything you know about gangsters is Han may get away, but if Jabba survives, he's going to still come after Han Solo. That's right. a good point, because so, I was thinking they could have easily given it to Han to be like, Han kills Jabba the Hutt and they yeah. get out of there or whatever. And they didn't do it. Leia killed him, you know? Leia, she's right. saving herself, but also like freeing Han in a metaphoric sense from the shackles of you know, gangster debt and all that. So mm-hmm. great pick, great pick. Uh, tough to, tough to follow it, but I was going to go with the, the emotional one of my last pick is my last one, but I flipped them because uh, one of your recent picks, your last Jedi pick, Lacey, you talked about, you know, Carrie and her humor and stuff. And I was like, I got to go with that one last, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going with, um, uh, this is the 11th pick. So James will have the last pick next for folks keeping track. Um, 
Hoth, uh, the the banter between Leia and Han uh, after Luke gets out of the back to tank, and they're all there together. It's R2, it's the whole gang. R2, C-3PO, Chewie, uh, Luke, Han, and Leia. It's one of the last times that they're all together until um, Return of the Jedi. But, you know, all the, the, the little jabs, and he's like, I'm, you know, you just didn't want to let a gorgeous guy like me out of your sight. She's like, I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. And and then uh, they're all laughing, and he's like, no, no, no. She expressed her true feelings for me, and she flips out. She's like, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. And everyone's probably like, no idea what these things mean. Uh, we can tell what she means by her tone. Yeah. And Han, the only thing he's offended by is that she called him scruffy-looking. But you got everyone's like, it's like one of those like, oh, like, because Chewie's laughing at her. And then all the romance lovers are going enemies to lovers, enemies to lovers. Yeah, right. And then, of course, she she does the thing to (laughs) to kiss his Luke to piss off Han. Uh, Just that that whole scene and and how quick and sharp she was and just snapping back at him and and really launching the 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 romantic tension between them the throughout so the rest good. of the movie. Yeah. So uh, I had to go with uh, Empire, of course, my favorite movie, and and Carrie being as Carrie as possible as Leia in the scene. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely killer scene. Um, I don't know, man. What what more? Like, this was, this was one of those scenes that uh, we brought up a lot when we were talking about our best insults because I think it was, like, immediately the one that we all went to. It's mm-hmm. like, that's that's the ultimate winner is uh, yeah. her just dropping insult after insult after insult. Um, very strong pick. And uh, another one that I was like, oh, that uh, I'll do that one. Oh, no, dang, John got it, too. You know? Well, I, you could... I'm, I always say it. If if someone wants it, yeah, we can, we can no, it's fine. I, I I just had to expand to other picks, and um, I will say that I do feel like one of my picks, which is the one I'm getting ready to say, is probably the number one Leia moment of all time. And I don't know if you guys left it off. Can I guess? You can take it if you can try to guess. I bet you'll get it. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, or my bingo. Only yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys, I mean, I don't know if you guys thought about it and were like, oh, "I'll leave it off" because then I did. someone else will pick yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel it probably like, is the number one. You're totally right. I was like, imagine if we made this list and didn't. Have it on yeah. There. <laughs> I, t- to me, I'm like that line transcends Star Wars in just the whole like, oh, I know Star Wars. Luke, I'm your father. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I saw Star Wars when I was a kid. I'm not really into it. Those guys are nerds, but you know, I saw it. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You well, know, the it's help kinda... me blank, you're my only hope is like such a Yeah, that too. It, yeah. it it's turned into the the meme territory where people can insert it and change it and and uh the, it's all referential to the movie. But I feel like it's probably the most iconic line that Leia ever delivered. Uh, It's probably her most pivotal moment. She sets forth the entire movie. Um, And I think there's just something about like the way it was delivered and how Luke is like looking at her um, in the moment thinking, you know, oh, that's a that's a princess. Rescue the princess. I shouldn't be in possession of this. This feels important, you know, and everything to it just is exactly um like lightning in a bottle and that's why star wars works so well um but i think it really does come down to very specific moments may the force be with you and and things like that that just click and to me this is one of those moments that does transcend star wars 
and just it sits in pop culture as um like that quotable thing it might even be like the top five quotes from star wars ever you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's leia's so it has to be on the list yeah it, like you said you said everything man it transcends movies people recognize it um anytime like Lacey said anyone says like help me blank a lot of people follow it with you're my only hope you know yes yeah. it's, it's it's one of those uh iconic moments in cinema and it takes on a little bit of a different perspective now that we've seen obi-wan kenobi and know that their connection and why she addressed him that way because he told her to so like it's almost like we're experiencing that moment in a, in a new fresh way today because of that series mm-hmm. and it already was a legacy moment so i don't know that we could end on a better note oh and so, they brought it back for sure. last jedi too mm-hmm. cheap move mm-hmm. that was a cheap move r2 yep um yeah great pick so uh to run it down this is what we got here for our 12 best princess leia moments we want you to let us know uh, how you feel about our picks? Uh, were any of our picks your picks? And let us know ones that uh, didn't make our list that are on yours. But here we go. Uh, Leia telling off her cousin in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Young Leia that we uh, just met. Uh, the Bausch Boosh. Take your pick. Disguise in the Return big of the Labushki. Jedi. It's Boosh. <laughs> it's Bausch. Uh, Leia connects with Luke at the end of The Empire Strikes Back through the Force. Um, Wicket's interaction with Leia in Return of the Jedi when they meet. Um, somebody has to save our skins in A New Hope, the garbage shoot sequence. Uh, get this walking carpet out of my way in A New Hope. A uh, lot of spicy Leia. I like this. Um, <laughs> get your head out of your cockpit, TLJ. Uh, ben, her final moment in the saga to save uh, Ray and uh, Ben Solo. Uh, Leia saves herself in The Last Jedi using the Force, knowing there's a lot more work to be done. Uh, Leia killing Jabba the Hutt in Return of the Jedi and uh, insulting Han on Hoth, uh, scruffy-looking nerf herder, among others. And, of course, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. So thanks for going on the Kessel Run with us. Uh, We typically do another segment after this. No Resistance Transmissions this week. We'll bring that back next week. Uh, but we are up against time. So this is the end of the show. So we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. It means a great, great, great deal to us. Make sure you're going to Star Wars News Net for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. And our Patreon. Uh, we're able to do this and spend so much time on this podcast. Honestly, what you see and watch is maybe 5% of what we put into time to make this thing work including all of our extra content on patreon uh which we're gonna have a lot more coming in the future but i just want to say thanks on behalf of three of us to everybody who supports us over at patreon um it it means a great deal so patreon.com slash resistance broadcast tiers actually only start at two dollars a month so uh if you're able to support us we appreciate that that gives you access to all the um, bonus content right out of the gate and there's more perks and benefits as you climb the tiers but I want to give a special shout out to our generals and the spice runners on Patreon. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zielk, and Val Trishkoff are our generals. 
and David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, and Jeremy Myers are our Spice Runners. And thank you all for your support. Johnny Hoey on Twitter, writing and editing at Star Wars Newsnet and movie podcasts just like the movies if you want to hear me talking about not Star Wars movies. Uh, Lacey. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. James. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. And you can find us back with you on Monday morning, but we hope you enjoy your weekends and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>